You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Hello everyone at Embassy Church. It's my great honor to be with you today and to trust that once again that you're being transformed in the goodness of God in your great church. You know, I want to thank Pastor Megan for this opportunity to share with you. I so honor her and the leadership team and all the great things that are happening in this time and the incredible spiritual guidance that you're receiving through her life. You know, one of the things that I'd like to do is open up some thoughts as it relates to what God is doing in your life and endeavoring to interpret them and give insight to what's happening. Because this is one of the most extraordinary times of great grace that is transforming lives. You know, in a certain way, I've come to appreciate that I would rather receive an impartation from someone who knows God than information from someone who knows about God. There's a big difference between those who know God and those who know about God. You see, it's not so much what you know about that is significant, but it's what you've experienced and it's what you're living that makes all the difference. You become a carrier of the things that have transformed your life. And those are the things that you begin to impart into the lives of other people. We're living in a miraculous time and in which the Father is preparing you to live miraculously with an extraordinary faith in the season that we're living in. One of the things that's happening is that you're probably experiencing this unusual dismantling and being remantled. You say, Len, what does it mean to be dismantled? You know, in for some of our lives, there were foundations that were built, built on information, built on the lives of other people. But the Father's saying, I want to rebuild your foundation in this time. I want to feel built on a fresh faith, on fresh trust. So old paradigms, old ways of doing things, belief systems, thoughts, attitudes, maybe hurts and pains, they're being dismantled. As in another way, it can be said that the pruning of the Father is happening in your life supernaturally. He's pruning attitudes. He's pruning many things that are unproductive from your life. And what's extraordinary is that he's the most gentle of pruners. You know, sometimes when you prune things, you make it hard. Make it hard on other people. But when the Father prunes, he's the supernatural surgeon. And he changes you and he transforms you. And these old things that are drawing the life out from you begin to be pruned away. And then you heal supernaturally. And you begin to bring forth fresh life and amazingly fresh joy. All of this is happening right now in this extraordinary transformation season. And what's being birthed in you is a heart to trust. A heart to trust like a child with fresh faith as you stand amazed, as you witness the things that the Father is doing in your life. It's an incredible time. In the midst of one of the most extraordinary seasons. It was interesting, it was a few days ago that I uh, woke up and I was, you know, praying. And I had a picture of my grandmother in my mind. It was about, when I was about 30 years old, I remember I was able to lead her to the Lord. And a little while after that, she passed away and she went into heaven. I had this impression of my family being in heaven. I had an awareness of eternity that day. 
And there was something that became very real as I remembered the scripture where Solomon writes that God puts eternity into our hearts. You know what? God's putting eternity into your heart. He's making you think about what the end of your life will look like. You've probably been thinking a lot about purpose lately. You've been thinking a lot about what is your life counting for? What will happen at the end of this life? All of these are thoughts that are going on inside of you because you see, it's all about eternity that's coming alive. Eternity is a realm. And this temporal realm is really very short in relation to eternity. And this temporal realm, although it's physical by nature, has many illusions attached to it. You see, there's the illusion of, you know, dreams and what the allures of this life can bring. The illusion of cultures and values and what people can be if they'll do this or do that. Only to find out that it never turns out that way. Because you see, this world is a temporal fleeting world. But the eternal world is an unchanging world. God puts eternity into your heart. One of the most amazing things is that the, we live in a time now where we're aware of this, this, this shaking that's going on. Hebrews talks about things that, you know, that everything that can be shaken is being shaken, so that that which cannot be shaken remains. We read of this in Haggai and Habakkuk, the shaking, the clashing of kingdoms. But you want to know something? The temporal world cannot shake the eternal realm. I'll say it again. The temporal realm that you're living in cannot shake the eternal realm. What do you mean by that, Len? You see, fear can't shake the eternal peace of God. Anxiety cannot shake the eternal love of God. The works of darkness cannot shake the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the realms of God are so much above, they're so eternal, they're so vast in their workings that the temporal realms cannot shake the eternal realms. This is most amazing. In Proverbs 18.10, there's one of the most fascinating scriptures. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. Well, you and I all know that, you know, a name can be very significant. Some people took great lengths to think about the naming of their child. Because the name was meant to represent the character, the nature, the essence of who they are. Well, now think about this. The name of the Lord represents the essence of his nature, his majesty, his greatness, his power, his dominion, the security of who he is. And so now you translate this into Proverbs 18.10, and it says this, The majesty, the greatness, the awesomeness of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. You see, the strong tower is a realm. It's a place. It's an eternal realm. And it says, And the righteous run to it and are safe. And the word safe actually in Hebrew means to be lifted up, to be high, to raise above, and exalted above your enemies. And so in this sense, the, the name, the essence, the character of the Lord himself is like a realm, it's a strong tower, and when you move into it, you're above the work of the enemy that operates in this temporal realm. Well, it all sounds good, but how does this temporal realm 
Now, how or should I say, how does this eternal realm become accessible to you? You see, Jesus said something very profound in John 14. In John 14, he said, if you love me, my father and I, we will come and we will make our home in you. A home? You see, a home is a profound thing because you, you and I, we live in some kind of a home, whether it's a home or a basement suite or an apartment, but one way or another, we have a place that we call home. You see, our physical bodies need a home, but your heart needs a home as well. When your heart has a home, there's a place of security, and, and a home is a place where incredible things happen. Jesus said, if you love me, we'll make our home in you. Well, now you go to John 15, and Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you wish and it'll be done unto. And he says, this is what I teach you about this abiding place, the place of great fruitfulness. What do you abide in? An abiding place is a dwelling place. And so suddenly you realize that the Father says, I will make for you an abiding place that you can abide in in me and I in you, and we will transform you. You see, you're transformed not by information. You're transformed by experience. And so how are you, how are you transformed? You're transformed by God the Father, by the Lord Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, the first one we think about is the Father. The Bible describes the Father as love. He says that if you will abide in my love, you abide in me. And so suddenly you close your eyes and you open your heart and you realize that it's like you go underwater as you put goggles on and there underwater you look around and you see coral reefs and you see fish and you see dimensions you never saw above the water. And that's the way it is in the love of God. For you begin to allow the Father to love you in that place, to bring divine acceptance. His love defines your identity. His love defines who you are. An unconditional acceptance comes into your life. You begin to feel secure. And all of a sudden, the love of God heals the brokenness in your heart. He heals the pains and he heals the sorrows in his love. Because that is the power of love. You see, the greatest need of your heart is to be loved. That's the great need. And so to come into the place of abiding... And beloved by the Father is one of the most, if not the most, glorious experience that you'll ever have. He transforms you. He takes away the insecurities, the inferiorities, the unworthiness, the sense of shame, the sense of guilt, the sense that you're second class, the, sec the sense that can I ever become someone important only to discover that in the love of God, you're the most important. Because you discover that in John 17, Jesus said, Father, reveal your love to them just as you have loved me. As you love them the way you love me. Can you imagine the Father loving you just like he loves Jesus? All in the abiding of the love of God. We go into another area. And this is the peace of the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, We'll make our home in you. Oh, peace is important. Remember the day you received Jesus into your life and you felt the peace of God? A peace that passed all understanding and suddenly Jesus became the Prince of Peace? 
The Bible says he's the umpire of peace in your life. And now you begin to move into a peace as you abide in peace. A place that you're meant to live in. Peace is very incredible. Peace is powerful. You know, remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and he said, let us go over to the other side as they were going to go and see a man in the Gadarenes who was possessed by a legion of demons and a storm came into the, uh, you know, and attacked them in the midst of the Sea of Galilee and the disciples were terrified. They awoke Jesus and they says, Master, are you not concerned for us? And what did Jesus say? He said to the storm, amazingly, peace be still. Peace, be still. You see, Jesus was dwelling in the place of peace. And out of the power of peace, he spoke to the storms of the temporal realm. And they stilled at the statement of the place he was abiding in. The Bible says that the peace of God will soon crush Satan under your feet. You know why? Because the temporal realm has no power over the eternal realm. When you abide in the love of God, you're abiding in the eternal realm of God. When you abide in the peace of God, you're abiding in the eternal realm of the Lord Jesus. You see, these are incredible realms. The peace of the Lord Jesus is is so incredible that your body craves peace. You think of the areas of stress and what prolonged stress does to your body, how it erodes your system, how it erodes your immunity system, how it erodes your mental stability, how it opens the doors to fears, stresses and anxiety. But you see, peace, oh, if we could bottle it, it would be worth so much. But it doesn't need to be bottled because you see, peace is a home. And when you move into the place of peace in your heart and you begin to close your eyes and you enter into this place that Jesus says in John 14, he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give it I unto you. The world gives and it takes away, but Jesus will never take it away. And there you begin to abide. And there all of a sudden the voice of the Lord becomes so clear It's like the thoughts of God begin to ripple through your heart and they become filled with imagery. They become so real and they transform your being. Peace awakens you. And then suddenly it's like you move into rest. As rest begins to settle in and all of a sudden now the virtues of God himself begin to ripple through the entirety of your being as your cellular structure at the very deepest level, as your emotional system, as your endocrine system, as your neurology all begin to come into alignment in the rest of God that is found in peace. Well, people go on holidays, they want to have a rest, but that's not the kind of rest that you get on a beach. This kind of rest you get when you have found this place of peace. You want to know something? Just imagine starting your day in the reset point of peace. Instead of starting your day, jumping out of bed, anxious, troubled, things to do, people to go. All of a sudden you start out the day and you begin with peace. And now all of a sudden peace becomes an eternal platform, a springboard that you live from. And your whole day has the essence of peace attached to it. And anxiety and stress doesn't seem to attach itself to you in the same way. It's extraordinary. You begin to see that all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit becomes so amazing. The Father, the Lord Jesus, 
and the Holy Spirit have one thing in common. They're all so gentle. The voice of the Lord is gentle to you. He doesn't shout at you. The Father, when he comes to you, he comes with gentleness. And so does the Holy Spirit. You recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in his gentleness to you. It's astounding. And there the presence of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And Jesus said, you shall receive power because the Holy Spirit is powerful in your life. He makes you strong. And there you begin to dwell in his presence as he energizes you. And you know what causes the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in your life? It's honor. When you honor the Holy Spirit, when you honor the Lord Jesus, you honor the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit begins to manifest. It's one of the most extraordinary things. You know what causes the grace of the Lord Jesus that transforms you and causes you to become what you could never be? Your need. In your recognition of need, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ begins to manifest to you. And for many of you, you're recognizing, oh, I have such need at this time. And what are you experiencing? You're experiencing this extraordinary infusion of grace. It's so amazing. You know, if you go to Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve, it was an unusual phenomenon. There you see them in the garden, and now they're separated from God. And what's the first thing that they say as they hid from God? They said, we were afraid. Because you see, fear is symptomatic of separation. And so in your own life, when you suddenly discern that you fear about something, it's really an indication on one sense that there's a point of separation from the love of God. Maybe from the presence of God. Maybe from the peace of God in your life. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe it's a trauma. Maybe there's something that you believe that was wrong. But it's a point of separation. And what do you do? The first thing you do is you go to your abiding place. You go into the place of union. You go so you can be healed. You go so you can be made one. You go so you can drink in the love of God. And you go so that you can abide in that place of peace. Why is that? Because the temporal realm has no power over the eternal realm. Isn't it amazing to think that the eternal powers of God's kingdom are available to you in this temporal world, in the abiding place of these realms? You know, many people, they try to battle the enemy in a place of separation, or they try to battle the enemy in the temporal realm. Just imagine people who try to battle anger with anger, or strife with strife, or bitterness with bitterness. Or unforgiveness with unforgiveness. It doesn't only go nowhere, it makes them worse. But you see, when you move into the place of harmonizing into a place of oneness, everything begins to change. This is what God is doing in your life at this time. And so the key is that now you begin to realize that let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Because you see, when you move into that place of union, and though the enemy may attack, or you might feel his attack in some way, when you go and it says that the, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and are safe. And there you're set up high above your enemy, and there God makes you whole, and he brings you into peace, and you become one, a phenomena happens. That now you're not separate anymore. 
And now, when the enemy sees you, he sees you united in God himself. And he has no power over the Lord. Because the Lord is victorious. You're living in a day of being transformed from glory to glory to glory into a place of union and oneness as eternity is being established in your heart. It's one of the most extraordinary things. You're being remantled as you're being dismantled. Trust is arising in your heart. And you know what you're discovering? You're discovering this about faith, that it takes patience. You know, many people have faith and the promises of faith are something they hold. But do you want to know something? Without the ability to have patience, the promises of faith can become aborted. Because when we're impatient, we move into the temporal world of time, circumstances, and situations. Isn't it amazing that the first fruit of the love of God is patient? 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Not jealous or envious or boastful or proud. I think that order is significant. In these days, God's making you patient. He's giving you a childlike trust. And so now, in the brevity of this time, I'd like to wrap up with a brief thought for you. Three things that I'd like to encourage you to do to further this accelerated growth. The first one is to go to the four books that have more chapters, or four chapters, that have more red print probably than any other in the entire Bible. It's the last week in the life of Jesus, beginning in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Would you read those four chapters every day for seven days? If you did, it'll change your life. Why don't you try reading it two days in your favorite translation that you always read from, the most familiar one to you. Then take two days and read it in the Passion Translation and let the ignition of the passion of God fill your heart. And then read it two days in the Amplified Bible. Oh, let the essence of the words be amplified. And then on the seventh day, read it in your favorite translation. If you gave 15 minutes a day for the next seven days, it'll change your life. The second thing is, take communion. Communion is where you appropriate the grace of the Lord Jesus. The bread that represents his body. The cup that represents his blessing. Bring your needs, bring the things that you have before the Lord. Ask for his blessing. Be healed. But more than that, bring those you have in your heart with you. Take them before the Lord as you take the cup and see their lives being transformed with yours. Your life will never be the same when you take communion every day. And the third one is this. Just show up. In your need, in your pains, in your sorrows, in your traumas, even in your difficulties, in your despairs, whatever it is, come with hunger and show up, only to discover that the Father will say, My daughter, my son, I've been waiting for you. He desires fellowship. He's a God of communion. And He'll meet you, and there He'll transform you. And there He will change your life. It'll be one of the most extraordinary times of your life, when you just keep showing up and then you have one simple word to him that whatever the father says to you, your answer is yes. Capital Y-E-S. And as you say yes, grace floods your life. 
You're in the one of the most extraordinary seasons right now. I encourage you, keep going for it. Keep moving into your abiding place. The eternal realm is waiting you every day. And there you overcome the temporal realms. And there your life is being changed in an accelerated way. God bless you. It's been one of my great honors to share these thoughts with you because as we grow together, we have so much to live for. It's our great privilege. God bless you. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.